I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Chris Archer is no longer a member of the Rays. Let that process for a moment in your heads. The team's longtime ace dealt to the Pittsburgh Pirates. They get back two promising big leaguers. They get hard-throwing right-hander Tyler Glasnow and outfitter Austin Meadows, plus a third player, maybe a significant one, yet to be named. And that was just the biggest headline. The Rays also sent three minor leaguers to the Cardinals to get outfitter Tommy Pham to hit in the middle of their order, and then they dealt Wilson Ramos and his $3.3 million salary that remained to the Philadelphia Phillies. We'll hear from Archer, from Ramos, from GM Eric Neander, just to name a few, and we'll talk to Rays play-by-play man Dave Wills on how Archer will be remembered. On the field, the Rays' bats came alive. They battered the Angels and built a 10-1 lead before winning 10-6. Meanwhile, the Bucks they resume training camp. We get an update on Vita Vea, and Deshaun Jackson talks about what he expects in 2018 with or without Jameis Winston. All that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started, I want to tell you about a special offer from Audible.com. Sign up now, and you get a free 30-day trial. That's a $15 value. And as a listener to this podcast, you also get a free audiobook. Now, here's what you do. Go to audibletrial.com slash sportsday. That's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E, trial.com slash sportsday, for a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. All right, Steve, we won't take this in the order uh, that it occurred, of course, but it was a busy, busy day for the Rays uh, before the trading deadline, of course, and the biggest name being Chris Archer, who is now on his way uh, to be a Pittsburgh Pirate for the foreseeable future. And, look, this is something that uh, the Rays in the past had talked about but always rejected as a guy that's they've had in their control now uh, and certainly has been, if not their ace, but but – um, ace-like for them anyway for a number of years. I mean, this year you could argue that Blake Snell is that guy. Um, but this was an emotional kind of day for the Rays, I would think, and, and for some of their fans, but certainly for players and for Chris Archer. Um, no matter what you think about how he has pitched of late, he's still, I mean, we were talking about this before the podcast, he's still one of the best pitchers in race history, and it's not even close. Yeah, I think I think as, as as he gets further away from the Rays in the next few years, you're going to realize he was a better pitcher than many Rays fans give him credit for now. Is he ace material in baseball? No. And and unfortunately, when Alex Cobb went down with Tommy John surgery a couple of years ago, all of a sudden Chris Archer became the ace of the staff. He was the best pitcher on the staff. You're supposed to be the ace. Well, is he as good as Clayton Kershaw, Chris Sale? You name the Justin Verlander, name the aces around baseball. He's not. He's, he had a tremendous slider that's it's flattened out some of them the last few years. He's got a good fastball. But he's just got the two pitches. He's a really good pitcher. He eats up a ton of innings every year. This year he's not going to get to 200 innings because he had a core body injury, not an arm injury. But he eats a ton of innings, gets a ton of strikeouts, and keeps you in games. He's a, he's a, it's a good number two, a really good number three pitcher. But he was viewed as an ace on this team because 
of injuries, and he happened to be the best pitcher on the staff. And so you judge him by, is he as good as an ace? And he's not. But if you look at his body of work and how good of a pitcher he is, he is a very good pitcher. And he did great things with the Rays, not just on the field, but then you talk about off the field, he's even better. But Absolutely. But as far as pitching goes, he's a really good pitcher, and I think you know the Rays are going to miss him. And as much as some of the fans, and I, I know listening to WDAE today and 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 you know seeing some on social media of you know good riddance and all that, you're going to miss Chris Archer. Now, I think they got a pretty good haul back, and we're going to see what the third player in the next month or two is in the deal. But from all accounts, the two players they got, Glasnow and Meadows, are pretty good prospects, and they're ready to play now. Uh, Glasnow is going to start tonight, actually, against the Angels at Tropicana Field. Expected to go two to four innings, according to Mark Topkin. And Meadows is being sent to Durham, but that's only just so he can get consistent playing time right now. And they've pretty much, you know, no one believes he's going to be down there for very long. Maybe it's a week right. or two, but they want to just get him consistent at bats playing right now down there. Um, so I, I think they got a pretty good haul back. We'll see who the third player is. It's a player to be named later. So at some point, most likely in the next month or two, we'll find out who that is. But I think they got a pretty good haul back. And, it's, and as we've talked about, it's not these prospects that are in single A and will be up here in five years. These are players that are built to help this Rays team win next year. And, and if, if you look at these trades today, uh, yes, they're still trying to compete this year, but I don't know if anyone believes they're going to make the playoffs. But they're trying to compete next year in 2020, and this isn't a five-year rebuild at this point. They're trying to retool the, the, their team for next year. Yeah, and, and uh, we'll, we'll get back to Archer in just a second, but, but in FAM uh, and Meadows, you have two outfitters to surround Kevin Kiermaier now, both of them with power, both of them guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, and and to, to your point, they, they would have control of them for a couple of years. Um, you know, going to Archer just for a second, you mentioned uh, sort of what he's meant to the organization. And it's, it's, you know, you can look at win-loss record. He was 54-68 and 68 here. His ERA was 3.69. Um, that's over m- part, all or part of seven, seven seasons. Um, but, but, you know, the 200-plus innings and all the strikeouts. The other thing he did, um, you know, was his work ethic was pretty good, you know. And he was a guy that kept himself in shape. Nutrition was a big part of his deal. Um, and that's important to an organization when you have young pitchers coming up behind him. You know, David Price was sort of that guy for him. Uh, before that, it was James Seals, you know, who set the tone, um, you know. And so I think that, that Archer, you know, sort of passed all that on down. And so he meant a lot to the race. And he was one of their great ambassadors uh, as far as, you know, in the community goes. Um, so, you know, Look, it's it's always emotional when when players leave, and you know the Rays could have had control of him for a number of years to come, uh, three more years at twenty seven point five million, which is is also important and valuable to the Rays because we know that they can't go out really and compete on the free agent market for you know for big time starters. So all of that was important, but but I, I think. I think at the end of the day, Steve, they got really good players, and the players are getting back to your point are guys that they can use now, and uh, are young guys that are major league quality. I mean, Kevin Cash, as he said after you know when he was talking about these deals, you could look at it and say they're not a better baseball team today because you know you lost two all stars off your team. I mean, Ramos was was going to be the starting catcher before his injury for the American League and was just having a terrific year, and then Archer's a two time all star as well. So it's hard to say. 
you know, they didn't get that back, but we don't know what the potential of these other players uh, could possibly be. So, I, I mean, I think they, you know, they, they got, I got I, I really am surprised they got as much as they did. And we don't know what the third player is going to be yet. And he could be somebody that's a significant prospect as well. Yeah. And the 2017 baseball prospects list, um, uh, Glasnow and Meadows were the ninth and 10th best prospects in baseball. Wow. Um, according, you know, now those are subjective in that, but that's how good these prospects are. They're not just average prospects. I mean, th- these guys are expected to contribute for years at the major league level. Um, you know, we're going to see glass now tonight start Meadows will be up here soon enough. Um, you know, so yeah, I think it's, you, you know, it, it, this has been a change this year and from, you know, even the, the trades, you, you know, everything they're doing is about not five years from now. They're trying to win. You know, I honestly believe they were trying to win this year. Granted, they dumped a lot of salaries, especially long term, you know, with Evan Longoria and others at the beginning of the season. But they are trying to compete. They are trying to do this. Now, the the pitching injuries have hurt them in this regard where, you know, unfortunately next year you're not going to have Brett Honeywell, Jose DeLeon, and Anthony Bonda because they're all under Tommy John surgery. Maybe you get mm-hmm. them back late next year. But so that's the organizational depth there hurts a little bit. And so, you know, that's where Chris Archer is really going to hurt is, you know, after the trade today, do you realize there are zero starters on the roster right now? Wow. You're right. Blake Snell's on the disabled list. Now, Jake Faria just got, Faria's coming back. he's got activated mm-hmm. for uh, tonight and he's going to pitch probably tonight after glass. Now, but they have no starters on the roster as of Tuesday when they made this trade, as far as active on the roster. Um, as far as baseball terms go and what everyone wants to say, you know, so there's a lot of openers and a lot of bullpen days going on. Um, and we'll see how that works out. And, and Jake Faria, of course, tonight's going to pitch some. And they're going to get – Blake Snell hopefully is going to be back soon enough. And Yanni Torinos maybe can become that starter. Again, you know, he looked really good his first time back. Last game, not so good. Um, but, you know, he's coming back from injury. So, And yet they're still sitting here, um, you know, after – the win on Tuesday, you know, one game over 500, which is a place that I don't think anybody would have seen him despite all these changes. I think you were the one that said to me uh, when we were talking um, this afternoon that how many players are on this roster that were here two years ago? The 2016, two years ago? 2016, 48 players played for the Rays. There are three on the roster midway through the 2018 season or at the trade deadline of the 2018 season. Wow. It's Kevin Kiermeyer, it's Blake Snell. And Matt Duffy, who they got at the trade deadline in 2016, and didn't play a lot because he got hurt. But and he was hurt, yeah. But yeah, those three players, are the only ones remaining from, let's say, the end of the 2016 season. This is a complete and, roster overhaul in, the, in a season and a half. Incredible, and you know, they, I mean, they lose, they lose Ramos, of course, who was having a terrific year, a guy that they, you know, signed and gave him an opportunity to get his knee back in shape. I'll say this. Boy, bring me, bring me your, uh, your wounded and your poor, and we'll turn you back. We'll get your career turned around so you can make a lot of money and we can get a lot of prospects. I mean, they've sort of become, uh, I don't know what you would call them, but, uh, you know, the well, island of misfit toys or something. I mean, Nathan Avaldi. Well, they're, yeah. they're, they're willing to pay low and pay you right. while you're hurt, which is, you know, Ramos right. missed the first half of last season, but he was mm-hmm. being paid by the Rays. That was less than market value for when he's a healthy catcher. Same with Nathan Avaldi. Um, they're willing to take that risk and then get you back to health, and and then they've traded them both for assets, and that becomes currency. That's their currency, mm-hmm. and and not to be lost today too. And, and we'll go through the other trades. Um, you know, in the, in the Cardinals deal for Tommy Fan, 
or FAM, they got uh, $500,000 of international slot money to sign more international free agents. They had a minor league trade today that really hasn't been talked about. The White Sox gave them a million dollars in international slot money for a minor league player. So they added another million and a half of international slot money to sign those free agents from, say, Cuba or others, other nations. So they have more money to sign those guys now, too, in addition to whoever they draft in, the, in you know, each year in the draft and that. So which that international slot money is a very valuable currency as well. Tommy Pham is an interesting player and, and one that I don't I suspect. I mean, listening to his comments in St. Louis, he was he was shocked by this. This was not something he necessarily saw coming, although he's outspoken guy and he's been outspoken about I guess his contract not being what what he thinks he's worth. He's not having his best year. Last year he was much better. Um, but he's certainly a player that has shown that he can hit and hit with power um, and can sit in the middle of, of the Rays order, I would think, and and you know, really uh, be a, a big bat for them. Yeah, he's a uh, last year he had 23 home runs and 128 games for them. Uh, finished actually 11th in the MVP voting in the National League last year. He's an older player now. He's 30 years old now. 30, yeah. Um, but he's got pop. He's an above-average defensive outfielder. Uh, he's got speed, too. Last season he had 25 stolen bases to go with those 23 home runs. This year he's, you know, last year he batted three, 306 as well. Now this year it's down to 248, mm. but – you know, the Rays will tell you and others that, you know, he's still hitting the ball just as hard. He's just had a lot more unlucky outs and that. And, you know, they're hopeful that what he did last season is more representative of what he'll be than this year, where this year so far he's got 14 home runs, 41 RBIs, batting 248 with 10 stolen bases. So um, they're really hopeful of him. But yeah, I mean, now your outfield is, you know, Tommy Pham, Austin Meadows, and Kevin Kiermaier. And then probably Malik Smith is your fourth outfielder going forward you know, into next season and that where, you know, now you have some pop in the outfield, which you didn't have before. Um, you know, both these guys seem to be plus defensively in the outfield too. So uh, to go with Kiermaier, which, you know, defense is very important for this team, especially as you've got a lot more young pitchers and, and that going on. So it, it seems like, you know, the Rays did pretty well in, in what they got back for these trades. And, and for Tommy Fan, they, they gave up three minor leaguers, including Justin Williams, who just made his major league debut a couple weeks ago here with the Rays. As um, Meadows comes up and they start putting these guys in the lineup, I think you're going to see some guys DFA'd, wouldn't you? I mean, where's what is, happens to Carlos Gomez? You know, they have a lot of infielders that they're using sort of in the outfield uh, to give them at bats. Even Jake Bowers was playing some left field. And so you've got a log jam suddenly at the first base and DH position. Yeah, I think you're going to see Carlos Gomez and probably Danny Echeverria DFA'd. Um, my guess sooner than later, I think, you know, I, I'm guessing that the Rays probably wanted to see if they could get anybody at the trade deadline. They may try to put them through waivers and see if anyone still wants to trade with them here in August. But yeah, you have to assume those guys are, you know, their time with the Rays are shorter than others. They want Willie Adamas to play shortstop every day. They're going to want Pham and Meadows and the outfield as often as possible. Um, that's one of the reasons Meadows going down to Durham now to get consistent at bats until they're ready to call him up. Um, yeah, I think you're going to see more change on this roster before the season's done. And, and by next year now, you've got a bit good core of this team that you know, should be around for a few years. Tommy Fan they have under control for three more years of arbitration. Meadows and Glasnow are young guys, so it's a lot of young guys. And, and, you know, the thing that doesn't get talked about for the Rays a lot is that their payroll next year is quite low. I mean, when they got rid of contracts like Evan Longoria – and, and, and some of the long, you know, Steven Souza Jr. and longer term contracts. They save another three point three on Wilson Ramos. Today. They can go. They can go get free agents next year. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, and, and I, I expect them to. They may still need another catcher. They're high on Michael Perez. I don't know if he's the answer there. That was the one thing. But in he'll the Chris get a Archer chance. Deal. You kind of expect yeah. in the Chris Archer deal, you get a, a big time catching prospect back. Now they got yeah. Michael Perez in the injuries deal. They're really high on him, and maybe that's their answer long term. Uh, but they could sign another free agent catcher next year, or you know, yes. may, maybe next year they sign a closer or another starting pitcher. You know, maybe it's not the the number one starting pitcher on the market, but you got a mid level starter or two that you can sign because you do have some money next year to sign. Yeah, and Perez will get a chance I, for the rest of this year to show whether or not he can be their guy mm-hmm. um, moving forward in, at the catching position. And so that, that's the other reason they traded Ramos too. And, and, and a lot of fans have said, you know, we didn't get anything back for him. It's either cash or a player to be named later. And the national or the Phillies GM has said that it's not going to be a significant player. But the other part of this is now Perez can get at bats every day or you know two out of three days or three out of four whatever you're going to play him you don't have three catchers on the roster now right and that's been the whole look the general manager Eric Neander has done he's been tasked with rebuilding this team and building it for the future and to be sustainable uh and he's he's gotten back a lot of guys that are are going to be the core um and people they are in control of that are major league players you know so often in the past, if it was David Price, if it was something like that that was getting dealt, they were for a bunch of minor leaguers that, yeah, maybe they were high prospects and rated highly, but you were talking about three, four years before you would see them in the big leagues. In fact, guys like Willie Adamas are now just showing up. So this is a different quality of player that they're suddenly structuring. Eric Neander um, talked about all these deals and especially about trading Chris Archer. Here's what he had to say. It's still fresh. You know, this is something that, um, you know, we've, we've been uh, – Arch has been pursued by a lot of clubs for a long time, and we've held a really high standard for to consider any trade. And, you know, we, we hit a point where, you know, we finally kind of crossed that bar and, and, and got things that were um, – we felt in the best interest of the organization moving forward. But I can't say enough about Arch. You know, you talk about shields, you talk about price and the lineage that's come through here. And, the examples that have been set, not by what they've just by what they've accomplished on the field, but the the example that they've set for younger players. You know, the work ethic, the the way he you know he he eats, you know, the nutrition, the sleep, everything. You, you couldn't ask for someone to give more to um, their team and their organization to make them the best player they can be. And then the community and everything that he has done with his time has been you know truly incredible and an impact that's going to stay here long after he's gone. So. A difficult decision to make, uh, but you know that's that's part of the job, and sometimes you have to do that. And his impact will be felt long after he's gone. And why those guys? Why is that the bar that finally made you say yes? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it is we've been accumulating talent. You know, the last several years we've tried to remain, you know, competitive at the major league level over the last you know 15 to present, but we're starting to get closer and closer to that point where it's not just about adding future value and talent and prospects it's also about putting it together and syncing things up and uh you know with with glass now and with meadows these are two guys that you have high ceiling have high and physical abilities and areas that we need frankly over the next several years and 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 we just are trying to do everything we can to to make this a special group that can grow together and ideally win together uh short-term plans uh to start and obviously the acquisition of tommy fam we'll get to uh we're really excited about him uh with the outfield mix here austin's going to go to triple a for the time being to play on a regular basis uh just talked to him a little while ago and just said go there we don't want you in the triple a hall of fame he's been there you know off and on the last several years and 
we wouldn't make this trade to, you know, with expectations you're going to be there forever. But want you to get comfortable, want you to learn our organization, great staff there, and just go play. Be yourself, get comfortable, and then we'll go from there. Uh, and with Tyler, uh, he's going to come to our major league team. He'll report. I think he'll probably travel tomorrow, and uh, he'll report to our club here get with Kyle and see if we can uh, you know, harness the abilities a little bit and uh, turn him into an impact guy for us. I was watching all the video, um, Steve, and, and I'll tell you, you know, the thing about sports, you, you, know, you build these relationships. Chris Archer, this is, this is where he grew up as a major leaguer, and he's got lots of friends and people in the organization from clubhouse people on. And when he was saying his goodbyes, um, it's kind of emotional to see a guy, you know, and you talk, you got to remember, this is their life now. They're going to move to another city and, and, and a whole set of, of new circumstances and new teammates. Um, but I thought, you know, Chris Archer put a lot of things in perspective about his time in Tampa Bay. Here's what he had to say after learning about the trade. I don't even know where to start. Um, the Tampa Bay Rays organization has been really good to me. Whenever I first got the news, it was definitely tough to hold back tears. Um, and not because I'm sad that I'm leaving, I just hope that I left um, I left a lasting impression here. <clears throat> um, you know, I told Eric and Haim and Cash this, I just hope that these guys, these, this young group can um, continue to do what they've been doing and uh, sorry, I don't even know what to say, but I told Eric and Ham, the only thing I care that I left is um, to not focus on the, on the results, focus on the process. So these young guys, um, be process oriented. Um, that's what I was taught. That's what helped lead me to the success that I've had. And hopefully um, I left that with the young guys. When I realized it was gonna happen when, when Cash called me at like 340, 330 because um, there's no reason he would ever call me while I'm at the field. So um, he called me, walked in the office, and saw the front office was in there. Um, that's when it hit me because, you know, my heart has been with the Rays for the last, since 2011. Like, I don't know, how long is that, eight years? Um, so that's all I focused on until I got the word. Um, but I am happy to go to an organization that wants me. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Um, the return that the Rays got demonstrates how bad they want me, and not only for this year, but the years going forward. What do you know about Ray Searich? Um, <laughs> I'll be honest, I, I haven't been able to do a lot of research. Um, I know that they have a rich um, history of baseball, and they've had some really good pitches come through there. I know that he's been a huge part in resurrecting guys' careers and, and helping guys grow, and I'm looking to go over there and grow myself. So, Steve, I know, you mentioned that a lot of people that were calling into these call-in shows, you know, I think the general, there's a lot of fair-weathered fans that have short memories, and, and when a guy gets dealt, um, usually the, the sentiment is very often, well, good riddance, thank goodness. 
You know, he was he was going nowhere or what have you. I think that's just, you know, that's sort of cliche in a sense. But unfortunately, that's usually you know, the way fans are ready to move on, right? They, they're out with the old, in with the new. Um, but if you stop and think about what where Chris Archer, he kind of fell in a very strange place in Rays history in the sense that um, he's definitely one of their top, I don't know, five starters. And we can, we can talk about what order that would be. Um, but he kind of got here when the Rays were, you know, it wasn't 08. I mean, they were coming off, you know, several years uh, of making the playoffs. I mean, they made the playoffs four out of six years under Joe Madden. And so um, he was sort of at the end of that run, if you will, and was supposed to be sort of like the new ace, the new blood. And he was he was pushed into being the ace, if you remember, because Alex Cobb was going to be that guy until he had Tommy John surgery. And so probably before he was ready to take the mantle, uh, and he so desperately wanted it, and he had been mentored under David Price. A lot of the things he did, uh, you know, sounded like David Price, and um, you know he was sort of thrust into that role. But no matter what you no matter what you think about him, you know he's a guy that ate up a lot of innings, struck out a lot of batters, maybe didn't win as many games, but he took the ball every five days, um, and he faced the best pitcher on the other team most of the time. So he was going up against their number ones a lot of the time, and you know we can rank these a number of ways, but I'm, I'm, I think, like I said, I think he's a top five pitcher that in their history. I think. And, and if you wanted to start with either David Price or James Shields, depending on how you value, you know, sort of what they brought to the organization. But, I mean, you know, David Price won a Cy Young, okay? So that's something that no other race pitcher has done, I don't believe. Um, and, you know, had some big seasons for them. Obviously got the last out um, as a rookie, you know, coming out of the bullpen in the ALCS when they went on to the World Series. So he was such a big a big player. So whether you go James Shields, David Price, David Price, James Shields, I think I think most people might agree that those are the top two pitchers in race history. After that, though, there's a little bit of debate. Um, you and I were talking. I mean, you know, it's, 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 where is Scott Casimir, who was the ace of the staff in 2008? David Price at that point, um, you know, uh, was was still in Durham uh, until the late in the season. And so, you know, if you remember, I mean, Casimir started game one of the World Series against Philadelphia Phillies and had a pretty good career. Yeah, no, and, and you know, I think you know, when you look at Casimir, and, and we talked about Archer and Alex Cobb maybe, that, you know, those may be the next three. The next two, yeah. And, 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 you know, they all three of those, unlike Price and Shields, played on a lot more bad teams for the Rays. You know, Casimir mm-hmm. was, you know, started, you know, in 04, but 05 was his first really full season up here. So, you know, 05, 06, 07 were pretty bad seasons for the Rays, although he pitched very well. He had winning records all three of those years. Um, you know, Alex Cobb and Chris Archer, you know, Chris Archer's rookie year was the, and, and you know, he finished third in rookie of the year balloting. That was the last year the Rays made the playoffs. Um, right. You he know, was so, starting his career about the time that the that the run was was ending for the race. Yeah, that's correct. And, and Alex Cobb was about a year ahead of him. So, you know, he's kind of in the same boat, too, where, you know, they got here as the team. You know, quite frankly, the last four years, the race haven't had nearly as much talent as those early those mid teams from 08 to 13 really did. Sure. Um, sure. You know, so you, you, you kind of look at that, too. But, you know, all three of those pitchers have ERAs that sub four for the Rays. Uh, Archer has a losing record. The other pitchers have winning records. Um, but, you know, I, 
I don't know how you distinguish who's three, four, and five between those, but I, I can't think of another pitcher in, in the race history that I would put in the top five. I mean, those are your, you know, Price and Shields, whatever order, one, two, and then the next, it's Cobb, Casimir, and Archer for three, four, and five, whatever order you want to put them. And no matter what you think of Archer, um, I know a lot of people thought he, you know, he overthought things and, and you know, he, he liked he liked to talk. He was good. It was a really good interview, but he was a very thoughtful guy. And almost from the time he got to the major leagues, he saw himself as someone who was gifted with a platform that he could use to affect change in the community. Mm-hmm. And and it's indisputable that that what Arch, Archer has done, um, you know, to Tampa Bay, uh, that, that 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 this community is left in a better place because of all the all the things he did uh, off the field for the Rays. Dave Wills has been the play-by-play man uh, for the Rays for an, a long time, for a number of years, and certainly throughout Chris Archer's entire career. Uh, you had a chance to talk to him, and here's sort of how he how he spoke about Archer's legacy and how he would be remembered, frankly. All right, we're here with Dave Wills on Major League Baseball trading deadline day as Wilson Ramos and Chris Archer from the big league roster both traded. Rays get a lot of players back in return, but first of all, what are you what are you going to remember most about Chris Archer as a Rays? What is his legacy here? Well, I think the biggest thing I remember about Chris Archer is here's a kid that we got in the trade for Matt Garzo is one of five or six guys in that trade. And, you know, you probably looked at him as maybe the number two or number three piece, and yet here he became a uh, bona fide top-of-the-rotation type pitcher for a few years and was a two-time All-Star. And then I think, the you know, just as big, maybe even if not bigger in some people's minds, the fact that he really uh, did do a tremendous amount of work within the community. I mean, he was really the face of the Rays Community Relations uh, Department as far as the players were concerned even from the time he wasn't uh, an all-star yet. So did a lot of things reading with the Rays, did a lot of things with the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, was always a guy that uh, was there to talk to us and answer questions. And so, you know, two-time all-star, a guy that struck out 250-plus a year, gave us 200 innings. It's just unfortunate that uh, I don't know if in his mind or even in a lot of Rays fans' minds that he ever really truly did live up to expectations. I think a lot of people expected him to be more like a David Price guy that uh, in addition to, 250 strikeouts and 200 innings would get us close to 20 wins a year, and that just never happened. And uh, Wilson Ramos, of course, he spent the, pretty much the last year, kind of year and a half, but missed the first half of last year. What was his impact on this team? Maybe the best catcher in race history? Well, he had maybe one of the best first halves of a catcher in race history. I mean, Deion Navarro uh, did some nice things and was also an all-star and helped get the team into the World Series and, uh, you know, as an American League champion. So I think Deion is going to be one of the guys that you'll always finally remember as being a real good catcher, but as far as the power part of being a catcher, I don't know if there ever was another one like that for the Rays. I mean, Wilson really was a legitimate power threat in the middle part of the order. Sometimes toward the end of his time here, he was the number four hitter and, you know, did a nice job. He also did do a nice job handling the pitching staff. I think there were some shortcomings in his game. He wasn't as mobile behind the plate as I think some people would have liked and blocking baseballs in his throwing game kind of suffered a little bit, but that's not all his fault. The pitchers have a little something to do with that as well, but Wilson Ramos, an all-star, a guy that uh, did have a presence within the lineup, and I wish him well. Uh, I look back at uh, his time with the Rays. He had those big hits against the Red Sox a couple of years ago, and uh, this year made his way to the all-star game, so Wilson uh, left a bit of a legacy, not as long as maybe Chris Archer did, but I wish Wilson well in Philadelphia. And then Rays, of course, get some new players. They get Tommy Pham from the Cardinals, a power-hitting outfielder. From the Pirates, they get uh, Meadows, Austin Meadows, and Tyler Glass now, plus a player to be named later. I know you probably haven't seen those players, but you did get a chance to talk to manager Kevin Cash. What is his thoughts on those guys? Kevin's very excited. I mean, Tommy Pham's a, a guy that can maybe make up for some of that lost power 
uh, without Wilson Ramos in the lineup. I think he's going to be one of those legitimate power threats that the Rays really don't have maybe outside of C.J. Crone now in their everyday lineup. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the table. He's also that kind of uh, athlete that the Rays had uh, going back to 08, 9, and 10 when they were winning divisions and going to the postseason. Guys who can hit, hit for a little power. They can run. He can steal some bags for you. And he can also play a plus defense, cover a lot of ground, whether it's in right field or left field, and then maybe spot Kevin Kiermaier a few times on the turf during a long homestand. So I'm looking forward to him, and I guess he brings some uh, intensity to the table as well. And uh, that never hurts as long as it's used the right way. As far as Glasnow and Meadows are concerned, you know, we've talked to a couple of different people. We've seen Glasnow during the spring a couple times, and he's got electric stuff. It's just a matter of getting it all together. And maybe uh, for a 6'8 pitcher, having a 6'8 pitching coach will help do that, get it all together. And I'm excited to see whether he's going to be one of our guys that kind of fills out a spot in the rotation that uh, has some spots now or might be one of our relievers and maybe more toward a back-end guy with that electric stuff. So looking forward to seeing what he can bring to the table. And then Austin Meadows, another one of those uh, physical specimens, about 6'2", 6'3", 225 pounds that, again, I know size uh, technically does not mean a whole lot as far as in baseball. We've got maybe the best player or one of the best players in baseball, Jose Altuve, who's five foot nothing, And then you've got guys who are 6'8", 6'9", who are pretty darn good too. But uh, just the fact that I think Austin Meadows is another one of those guys that can hit hit for power and also play a little defense for us out in the outfield. Excited to see. He's going to start his time with the Rays, or organization at AAA Durham, but I don't expect him to be there very, very long. I think he's a guy who has proven that he can play at the AAA level. Now it's time for us and everybody else to find out if he can be a big leaguer on an everyday basis. Are you surprised that uh, Danny Echevarria or Sergio Romo, maybe Carlos Gomez wasn't traded as well? Well, I think as far as the Danny is concerned, I'm sure that the uh, the market for middle infielders, especially guys that aren't going to hit for power, I mean, this is such a power game nowadays where you know people kind of throw their nose up at guys that only have one or two or three homers but the guy can play defense he might be the best defensive shortstop that the Rays have ever had that's saying something in a week we're honoring the 2008 World Series team that had Jason Bartlett uh, who was tremendous defensively for the Rays while he was with us but Adani uh, is a special defensive player and I'm surprised and I wouldn't be surprised if something happens during the month of August where a team realizes, you know what, it's nice to have a guy who can get every ground ball and, and take care of everything up the middle for you're trying to get to October or once you do get to October. Carlos Gomez, I, I think, again, it's, it was a nice experiment for the Rays. I think he did some nice things with this team. He's still here, but I would anticipate uh, him probably moving on in the very near future. we got to open up some lanes for Austin Meadows and maybe even a couple other outfielders that might be at Durham right now to get a look at them. And then Sergio Romo, you know, I still think you need some veteran presence. He's been a great veteran presence in that bullpen. He's done some nice things for us closing games. But I wouldn't be surprised if a team comes to call in sometime again in August and says, wouldn't mind uh, having a guy like Sergio Romo who's closed out World Series to maybe help them save games in the fifth or sixth or seventh innings. We know how bullpenning uh, becomes a big play in the month of October. So I wouldn't, I'd be really, really surprised if, all three of those guys are still with us a couple, two or three weeks from now. Last question. You mentioned the 08 reunion happening this weekend at Tropicana Field. What are you looking forward to this weekend? Just, to, to, again, to see the guys. I mean, part of me feels like it was only a couple of years ago, but then you start doing the math, and it was 10 years ago. But, you know, again, there are still a number of uh, greats from that team that are still playing. That also shows you that it wasn't that long ago. So, you know, we're not going to see Longo. We won't see Ben Zobris. Uh, we haven't been able to track down, I guess, Carl Crawford and a few others, but it'll be good to see James Shields, uh, as we mentioned, Jason Bartlett, and 
uh, you know, it, it just was a special time for this organization. It really was. It kind of came out of nowhere, and it's just started manifesting itself during spring training and building up and building up, and uh, it, it culminated with a, a great run. And I know Andy says this a lot during our broadcasts. We really felt that we were the best team that year. It's just unfortunate the Phillies beat us. So that's going to be pretty cool, a celebration of the 08 season, which is uh, you know still obviously the, the greatest season in Rays history. I can remember that so vividly um my son uh you know at an age when he was really um uh, you know coming of age becoming a big fan of the rays got to take him to a world series game i mean there was it was incredible their run i mean to go from what they lose like 97 games the year before uh, 95 96 games something then to win uh, almost that many the next year nobody really saw it coming it started at the end of 07 but man what a what a magic ride so a lot of those players will be back some are still playing, which is remarkable, right? Some are still very, um, you know, prominent players. I mean, Evan Longoria, of course, is with the Giants, and so he won't be here. But, James Shields um, is on the White Sox, and that's who they're playing this weekend, so he'll be in town for it. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. But it'll be fun to see all those guys. So if you're going, if you're going this weekend, um, you know, that's going to be a treat. In the meantime, you should be going to see the best player in baseball right now at the Trop. I'm telling you, uh, listen, Mike Trout is phenomenal. I mean, to me, he's. If you look at his numbers and 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 watch him defensively run, steal bases, hit home runs, he's the closest thing, not switch hitting, but the closest thing to Mickey Mantle that this era has right now. Yeah, that's that's the sort of company that he's keeping in terms of of his ability, and and to be able to watch that guy every day. I mean, we see him a couple times a year, and every time he plays the Rays, you just you know I marvel at how consistent he is and and just how how he affects the game in every way you can affect the game. You were there, Steve. How far did that ball go off the C-ring to dead center field? He crushed it. I know StatCast says that home run was going to be 427, but it was longer than that. There's no way that only goes 427. I mean, he demolished that baseball. Yeah, that that's headed what what used to be the old batter's eye. That's headed out over the center field uh, area there, and, um, and, and who knows how far it really was. To the Rays' credit, though, they had had such a bad series with the bats in Baltimore. Of course, it got smoked up there three out of four. Um, but their bats came alive, uh, certainly against the Angels. Jake Bowers with his eighth home run of the season in the bottom of the third, and they scored a ton of runs in the fourth inning. They, the bases seemed to be loaded the entire time, so they um, they added four more runs. They took a 10-1 to lead in this game, and somehow they still had to hang on. Yeah, 10-6. to uh, Ryan Yarborough struggled a little bit. Castillo and uh, Alvarado struggled some. Um, you know, you don't like to see that in a 10-1 game to get it to 10-6 and have to bring your closer in to finish it, which they did tonight with Sergio Romo. But, you know, you take the win, and, you know, luckily you got out to that 10-1 lead. So as some of the pitchers struggled a little bit and gave up some hits, including that home run to, to Mike Trout, that you had a little wiggle room and some breathing room there. So so now I would assume that uh, we'll have a chance to look at some of the new players uh, coming up uh, pretty quickly here, including – their pitcher, Glasnow, as you mentioned, is going to start this game tonight. He will, and then uh, Jake Faria activated, expected to get some of the, the innings after he's done. They're hoping Glasnow can go two to four innings, and then Faria probably takes it after that. Okay, so we'll be following the Rays and all their new additions, of course, this week. Meanwhile, the Bucks back at training camp on Tuesday, and we get an update on Vita Vea. Remember, he uh, had that, uh, what they're calling a calf strain. It's better than we thought. You know, what he described, what Vita described when it happened was uh, – what you would think if a guy tore his Achilles, which would be a year-long injury. So, thankfully, it was not that. It, it's a calf injury, and uh, you know he's going to be out for right now. 
but it's not what it could have been. So in that respect, we, we're, we're better off than we thought we were. I'll tell you, this thing, the, the big concern when he did it, because uh, I was there and I watched him, and it, you know, you th- it looked for the, all the world like it was an Achilles. And, of course, that would have knocked him out for the, for the whole damn season. Um, but it was not. And yet, uh, when, he, when he came out to practice, he, was, he, had, he had an Achilles-like uh, cart underneath his, underneath his knee to keep his leg uh, from putting any weight on it. But um, it's not as serious as they, ho- as they thought. I mean, it certainly is a big break for the Bucks that uh, they certainly think this guy will be ready for the, um, you know, the September 9th season opener in New Orleans. But they're going to take it easy on him. So he's going to miss a couple weeks, which is not ideal for, for a rookie, for a guy that's you know, going to be counted on to play as much as he will, and he won't be able to, to benefit maybe from practice. But from what I hear, he's picked up the defense very, very well, and he's going to anchor you know that's what they really got him for. He's going to be an anchor in the middle of that defense. Mike Smith really likes to use those big guys to occupy blockers, uh, to allow his linebackers to run free uh, and and disrupt things. And um, you know from that he can blitz and do a lot of different things. So um, Vita Vea, uh, even despite wheeling around out there, it looks like he's going to be okay. And then I uh, had a chance to uh, to listen to Deshaun Jackson. He's spoken a couple times now this off season. Um, and of course he's trying to have a bounce back year himself. Still one of the fastest players in the NFL. You marvel at this guy uh, and what he, you know, what he can do now in, in his, uh, what is, I think is his 11th season coming up here. And Deshaun, as much as any one player that, that may be affected by uh, Winston's suspension, you could point to Jackson and say, you know, that's what really didn't work last year. I mean, they didn't get the downfield, sort of connection going and we've seen in practice he made a catch the other day over the weekend uh it was a perfect throw one of the best throws i've seen deep balls james throw to deshaun practice or games um, probably ever Um, so that that needs to continue to develop and now you're going to have a situation where winston isn't taking you know all the first team reps where he's not going to be playing um, a lot with the first teamers in training camp and in, in the preseason, and then he's going to go away for a couple of weeks. Just try to get as many reps with both of them as possible. Um, you know, at practice uh, when we're running routes on air, you know, get get a couple with uh, Fizz, get a couple with Jameis, um, and, and just still get get that uh, that timing down. I think that's going to be important. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, he's out for the first three games, so you know, still being able to have him here in training camp and still work with him. Obviously, he'll, he'll be gone in three weeks, but. Right now, it's imperative and important to get as many reps as possible. So, for as much as if it's gonna, if any one player might be affected somewhat um, by having a 35-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick playing, at this stage, Fitzpatrick's arm is just not—it's not a deep ball arm. And I'm going to be anxious to see. You know, I still think they'll make good use of him. If you go back and look at the three games that Fitzpatrick played with Deshaun Jackson. Jackson was was had with some of his best games, and he also had you know a two catch game I think against the Miami Dolphins, but he took himself out late in that game with some stomach cramps or whatever, uh, and then that's when uh, you know that's when Golson went went nuts and, and actually won the game. But um, Deshaun Jackson is more focused this year, so he hears his clock ticking a little bit louder, and so it's more about for him. Uh, I think it's more about you know the team and, and trying to get back because let's face it, he's. This could be his last year with the Bucks. They guaranteed twenty million of his thirty-three and a half million dollar salary, and the guarantees are up after this year. And you know, we know that they they really like Golson, and he's going to be uh, the eventual bookend receiver to Mike Evans. So this is a big year for Deshaun Jackson. 
So that wraps up a really busy day uh, in Tampa Bay sports, and that's why you come here to Sports Day Tampa Bay to get all of that insight, all of those uh, interviews that we had, and, of course, a very uh, good, insightful interview that you had with Dave Wills. We hope you enjoyed that. We love to get your uh, response to all of this, to what you thought of Chris Archer and the deals that the Rays made today, what you think about the Bucks and what they're doing in training camp, and you can do that by reaching us uh, on Twitter to start with. You can reach us at SportsDayTB. That's at SportsDayTB. You can always interact with me at NFL Stroud or email me at rstroud at tampabay.com. As always, we love for you to rate and review this podcast. And, Steve, they can do that a lot of different ways. Yeah, anywhere you get your podcast, whether it's a third-party app, maybe you get it directly through iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Just uh, hit subscribe. That way it downloads to your device automatically every day. You can leave comments or like the post, or better yet, share it with a friend. And if you'd like to advertise on the show, if you've got a business, we're always open for that. Sales Manager Monica Boyer is waiting your call at 813 813- Nine five seven zero eight three six again eight one three nine five seven zero eight three six and if you can't remember that number just reach out to Rick or Sports Day TV on Twitter and we'll get you hooked up and get you set up. Enjoy the Rays and some of their new players playing tonight, and we will talk to you tomorrow. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times for Steve Bursnick. Have a great day, everybody. 